Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Clear than thou, Christians. Now, many of these people encounter those with a little knowledge of him, and I turn off from how critical they are of those who haven't figured out their spiritual walk yet. In other words, I'm saying, yes, I've learned God. I got a little bit of knowledge, but here's someone who I encounter, and they've been taught God by their mama and by their grandmama and by their cousins who didn't have a lot of knowledge. So now I'm bashing this brother or this sister over the head with the Bible because he or she don't know what I know. That's your holier-than-thou Christian. There's an old saying about being so heavenly bound that you are no earthly good. Let's deal with the scripture and confront this spirit because the holier-than-thou Christian is a spirit, brothers and sisters. Well, let's confront this spirit and attitude so that we may correct our own behavior. Brother Messenger, we're going to yes. go to the book of 1 John, the first chapter. Turn your Bibles to the book of 1 John, the first chapter. The first thing that we're going to deal with is self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. Turn your Bibles to the book of 1 John, the first <clears throat> chapter. Now, we have to be careful about how we share the word of God with others. We cannot have this holier-than-thou attitude as if there is nothing in our life that needs to be corrected. This is why we read so much when we're teaching on the Bible show Truth Out. No matter how good you and I appear to be, you still have sin. We still have sin. So don't... Don't ever let anyone make you feel like your sin is greater than their sin. Yes, I'm even talking to the homosexual. Yeah. And the homosexual basher, brothers and sisters. Yes, I'm talking about that also. Don't ever let anyone make you feel like your sin is greater than their sin. First John 1, 1 John 1, and we're going to read... 4 through 8. 1 John 1, and we're going to go ahead and read 4 through through 8. Go ahead and read, Brother Messenger. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Then this is the message which we have heard of him, and declared unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do and do not the truth. But if we walk in light, as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin. If we say that we don't sin, 
And if we say that we have no sin, I talked to a pastor one time. He said, Woo, I'm not, I don't sin. I, I don't sin no more. I used to be out there and sin, but I don't sin no more. I'm under the blood of Jesus. Woo! This is what the pastor told me. And this is what Brother Julius and I read to him. First John 1 and First John chapter 1, verse 8. What if somebody tells you that they don't have any sin? Go ahead. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So, brothers and sisters, everybody got sin. Everybody is dealing with something in their lives. It may be different than what you're dealing with, but you got it. No matter what man call it, no matter what man label it, greater, smaller, in the eyes of God, sin is sin. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. We're going to go ahead and continue reading, Brother Messenger. I'm going to point yeah. this down just a little bit. I'm going to, yes. Uh, okay, so let's go to the book of Luke, mm-hmm. the 18th chapter. And no, brothers and sisters, we're not going to stay in the New Testament. We starting off there, but we're not going to stay there. Many of you look at your brother and your sister with thoughts in your heart about what they should or what they shouldn't be doing. (laughs) Yes, we should correct, brothers and sisters, but never should we condemn another human being because we have no heaven or hell to put them in. Mm. How do we correct someone, brothers and sisters? We correct them by taking them to this book called the Bible and showing them what thus Say after Lord. Some people ask you, well, Black Ice, how do you feel about homosexuality? I have no opinion. Neither do I. My opinion is what the book says of homosexuality, brothers and sisters. So I take them to the book and I read to them what the book says about it. And the reason why I'm stressing that because I know a lot of my Israelite brothers have a big problem with homosexuality. And by right, they should. Mm-hmm. But not just that alone. Not just that alone, hmm. brothers and sisters. And check yourself. Make sure you're not doing what it is that the Lord does not want you to do. But if you run into someone who's doing something that the Lord does not want them to do, then if they allow you to engage them, take them to this book called the Bible and show them where they are in error at. And once you do that, brothers and sisters, The blood is off your hands. Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 9 through 14. Luke, the 18th chapter, verses 9 through 14. Go ahead, my brother. And he spake this parable unto unto certain which trusted in themselves. This is Jesus talking. That they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray. Mm-hmm. The one a Pharisee, and the other a publican. This is where the term Republican came from, brothers and sisters. It's called a publican. So that's not a new term. So there's two that went up to the temple to play to pray. One was a Pharisee, and one was a publican. And let's talk about what the Pharisee, his thoughts were. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee. That I am not as other men are. 
extortioners, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the, this publican. So wait a minute, Lord, I'm, I'm right next to the publican. Huh. I'm the Pharisee. Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men are, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, and even as this fellow right here. Hmm. Now here, I'm praying to God, and I'm pretty much thanking him and asking him for forgiveness because I know I'm guilty of something, and I'm going to condemn the brother that's right next to me, the holier-than-thou Christian. Let's go ahead and continue at verse 12. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote unto his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. Mm. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So the publican humbled himself. The publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. While the Pharisee, who knew the Bible, mm-hmm. who had knowledge of God, who knew these scriptures and even, according to his own mind, tried to walk the walk that he felt like God wanted him to walk, but he's too busy trying to condemn another man by other than trying to save himself. we got to be careful, brothers and sisters, that we're not guilty of being the holier-than-thou Christian. Let's go to the Old Testament, or what the Bible calls the Scripture, what Yahshua, or Jesus as we know him today, calls the Scriptures. Let's go to the Scriptures, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, the 20th chapter. Turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, the 20th chapter. Now, be careful. We're going to say that throughout the whole show. (laughs) And we're talking about the brothers and sisters who are believers and have faith. Even with us teaching you each and every week, many are offended as to the things we discuss and talk about and teach on this show. We, from the Bible show Truth Hour, condemn what the Bible calls sin. We don't condemn the sinner. Right. We leave that for the righteous judge, Jesus, to do. Yes, we speak against Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yes, we speak against Halloween and Easter and the cross and Sunday worship. As the Sabbath day, we speak against those things because the Bible speaks against those things. We speak against eating pork and catfish and lobster and snail because in the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, there is a law on beasts that you may eat and that you may not eat. We speak against those things. Now, We try our best to read this book, but we want to make sure that the preachers and the pastors are not misleading the sheep. So we have to give you the truth of this book so that you can compare that with what you're being taught, brothers and sisters. However, every day we must 
try to practice what we preach and practice what we learn that's written in this book called the Bible. As followers of Jesus, we are still learning. Absolutely. We're still growing in the word. None of us, including the messenger and myself, is free from sin. Let's go to Proverbs 20 and 3 through 6. Proverbs 23 through 6. Go ahead. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. The sluggard will not plow by reason of cold. Therefore shall he beg and harvest and have nothing. So here it is. You don't want to go outside and till the ground because of the weather. But when it comes time for the harvest to be reaped, you don't have anything. And now you're complaining about it because you're not doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing. But let's go ahead and continue with verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. But a faithful man who can find. Let's go to verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean. I am pure from my sins. No one can say it, brothers and sisters, because you can't make your heart clean. Hmm. Only God can make your heart clean heart clean, brothers and sisters. This is what you pray for. This is what you ask for. This is what you walk in the journey towards. But you can't do it by yourself. No, you can't. Let's go ahead to the book of Isaiah. Now, I know, brothers and sisters, right now we've already given people probably more scriptures than many of them have had, (laughs) you know, in, in many of their studies. But this is what this show is all about. We want you to write it down. We want you to learn it for yourself. We want you to be able to know where to go when you're looking for what it is you're looking for. Now, whenever you want to know how the Lord thinks, the only thing you need to do is pick up the book and read it. Now, whenever you want to know what the Lord wants you to do, just pick up the book. And read it. We cannot assume that we know the way of the Lord without confirming it with the book. This is why on this show we say if you can't read it, don't believe it. <clears throat> Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9. Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 9. Let's go, my brother. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. It's always going to be bad people. And it's going to be some people that you won't be able to change. Hmm. You're just going to have to say, Lord, you're just going to have to work on them. Don't get mad at them. Don't get upset at them. Because God makes provision for there to be evil people and wicked people in this world. Because they got a job to do too. Continue. And the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. 
Neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. Wait a minute. My thoughts are not, not your, your thoughts. thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. So no matter how good you think you are, no matter how right it is you're trying to do, you're not the Lord. Hmm. And there are many things that we do that we think is good. A lady got up the other day. Well, not a lady. This, she's actually a good friend of mine. I call her my sister. She got up and walked away from the lunch table because we were speaking against Halloween. And she said, y'all trying to take away every damn thing that these children enjoy out here. Can't the children have something? In her heart, she meant well. But her thoughts is not the Lord's thoughts. Her ways is not the Lord's ways. And how do we know what the Lord is thinking? And how do we know what the Lord's ways are? We get in this book. The next verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, brothers and sisters, no matter how good we think we are or how good we are trying to be, there's still something that we will need to fix in our lives and something that we will be in error of. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. We're going to read one verse. 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. We're going to read verse 2, just one verse. But before we read it, I just want to say this. Back in the day, we used to have a term that we used uh, for those who could never take correction from anyone else. You know what that term was? Mr. Know-it-all. A know-it-all, brothers and sisters. Don't ever get to the point where no one can teach you anything. And that goes for Brother Messenger and myself. So if any of you on this thread think that there's something that we need to be corrected on or, or it's something that um, we're teaching in error, the thread is not the place for it, brothers and sisters. Inbox us. Call us. Text us, hey, Brother Messenger, Brother Ice, can I have a conversation with you? It was something that you did on your show that I have a question about. And if we are in error, we will publicly put our error out there and what the correction is of that particular error, brothers and sisters. So don't ever get to the point where you can't be taught anything. You don't want to be guilty of what's written right here in 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter, verse 2. Go ahead and read, my brother. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. So here it is, brothers and sisters. We don't know nothing. (laughs) Nothing. We just at the tip of the iceberg. We just learning God. We're just learning him. And there's so many things in, in, in this book that we haven't even covered yet. But we're still learning God every single day. Let's go to the book of Luke, the 18th chapter. The book of Luke, the 18th chapter. Our subject matter today is the holier-than-thou 
Christians. The holier than thou Christians. We have to discuss it and we have to talk about it, brothers and sisters. Now, as much as you think you're right, there will always be room for improvement. Absolutely. This is why we never say that we are saved. Because ED is past tense. Nor do we say once saved, always saved. These are merely catchphrases that the church developed over time. You have to walk this walk until either you die or Jesus comes. It is only when you step foot in the kingdom of God will you really be saved. And to them, we can only strive to become saved. Let's read Luke, the 18th chapter, 18 through 29. Luke 18, 18 through 29. Go ahead. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, uh-huh. Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one. That is God. Now the reason why Jesus didn't call himself good is because at the time he was in the flesh. And there is nothing good about the flesh and blood body. It is sin. Verse 20. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my mouth, from my youth up. Uh huh. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him. Now, this wasn't enough. The young man could have just walked away. And he could have said, okay, thank you, Jesus. But he had to push it a little bit further because, see, in his mind, he was a good man that kept all the statutes, the laws, and the commandments of God. Now watch how Jesus finna call him out. Okay, all right, Mr. Good Man, let me give you something else that you lacking. Go ahead. Yet lackest thou one thing. What's that one thing? Sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And what did the rich young man say? And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, I want to stop you right there because, see, some people are saying, ministers and teachers who are teaching, are saying that we don't have to do anything from the commandments anymore, but don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, and honor our mother and our father. Because Jesus didn't put anything else right here. How silly can we be that you're going to cherry pick over some of the commandments and only use some because you're not understanding what's happening right here. So you mean to tell me it's okay now to have other gods beside God? That's not mentioned here. Hmm. 
So you saying it's okay? I'm a jealous guy. He said, I'm a jealous guy. You, so you saying it's okay to have graven images? That's not right here. But that's still law. What was he guilty of, brothers and sisters? He didn't commit adultery. He didn't steal. He didn't kill. He didn't bear false witness. He honored his mother and his father. What was he guilty of breaking? The very first law. Have no gods beside me. Money became his God. And he chose money over God, brothers and sisters. So when you read, you got to read with understanding. Again, when you read, when you read, when you read, you got to read with understanding. Let's continue this. So he was very sorrowful. And Jesus said, it is hardly, uh, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 25. Verse 26. Go ahead. And they that heard it said, who I'm sorry, 20, read 25 again, brother. I'm, I'm reading. Okay, I'm reading. Luke 18 and 25. For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, you've heard that before, but the question is, did you know where it was written at in the Bible? So now you know. It's at Luke, the 18th chapter, verse 25. And you know why it was said now because of this exchange between Jesus and this rich man. Verse uh, 26, and read there. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? And he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that have left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake. So no matter how good these disciples were, how, how good these apostles were, they still was willing to choose family, house, over God. So we all fall short, brothers and sisters. This is why we don't have the luxury of being the holier-than-thou Christian. And we're going to go to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. We're going to go to the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. Now, how do we determine who is better than who? How do we measure or equate another's righteousness compared to our own? The truth is we cannot. Let the word of God measure your level of righteousness. Study to show thyself approved. Romans 12 and 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So Paul was saying to the Romans, he said, look, I know that you're studying this thing and you're learning this thing. And some of you all are excited about your growth and how far you've come and how much you changed. And I understand that. But never think of yourself more higher than anyone else. 
because everyone has a journey to walk the same time it took for you to get to where you are today. Maybe the same time that somebody else needs. So you don't know where someone else has been. You don't know what they've been taught or told and how long they've been taught and told the things that they've been told. So give them time. Be patient with your brothers and your sisters. And and let me just interject and say, even with our children, we don't know who God is going to raise them up to be. And I know they probably be acting out right now. You know, they might be that, that lost sheep right now. But that lost sheep could be the same one to come back. That was me. That was me. I was the rebellious one, brother. <laughs> yeah, and, and do you understand? It, it, we never know what path God is going to take um, any of us on. So we have to be careful and, and not to condemn people because they're not acting how we think they should act. Or they're not doing what we think they should be doing. Because who knows that what they're doing exactly what God wants them to do so that he can change them at the allotted time when he needs them to do his work. Now, this is another segment that we're going to in this lesson of the holier-than-thou Christian. This is called, if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. If the blind follow the blind, they both fall in the ditch. Well, what does that have to do with the holier-than-thou Christian, Brother Black Eyes? Well, let's see. Because, see, as Christians, church-going Christians, sometimes the church that we belong to dictate Mm. rules that are not found in the Bible. There is nothing in the Bible that says you can't visit another church. And 1 John, the fourth chapter, the Bible says, try the spirits. Let's look at another example of church rules that are imposed upon the people as biblical law. Mm. That can make you a holier-than-thou Christian, too. Oh, my church says that we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that. Well, that's your church. That's not biblical law. That's your church. Mm -hmm. I can't go to a bar. My church tells me it's a sin to go to a bar where people are drinking. Well, show that to me in the Bible. It doesn't, it's not there, brothers and sisters. Oh, you playing the lottery. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to be saved. You ain't supposed to be playing a lot. Show it to me in the Bible. (laughs) At my church, where they say that we shouldn't gamble, we shouldn't put, show it to me in the Bible. Is it your church rules? that you're following, or is it biblical law? Are you following your pastor, or are you following the master? Come on, we taught that already. Matthew 15, 1 through 3. Let's go ahead, my brother. Then came Jesus, scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the the traditions of the elders? But they wash not their hands when they eat bread. So I'm going to tell you guys with this particular chapter, Jesus is contending with the scribes and the Pharisees. And they're complaining about the disciples of Jesus because they didn't wash their hands before they, before they ate. That's what this whole chapter is about. 
But somebody came and used this chapter to say that it's okay now to eat what was unclean when God deemed it not permissible to eat. That's why you got to establish the sub. You can't go to the middle of a chapter and get understanding of God's word from the middle of a chapter. You got to find out what the chapter is talking about. So now he says, okay, why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? Now let's listen to what Jesus replied to these scribes and Pharisees were in Matthew 15 and 3. But he answered and said unto them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? So wait a minute. Your tradition transgresses the commandments of God. So if I got to choose between what your church rules are and what God's commandments are, I'm going to go with God's commandments. (laughs) That's just simple and plain. This book trumps the rules that were set in place at your church. Let's go to verse 4. For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and, and mother, and he that cursed his father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by, whatso- by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. So basically, brothers and sisters, here it is. They talking about traditions of the elders, and he's talking about the commandments of the book. He's quoting them scripture. So let's go down to verses 12 through 14. Matthew 15, 12 through 14. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? So now, Jesus, you have offended these Pharisees, which were the teachers of that time. Go ahead. And what did he say? But he answered and said, Every plant which, may, which my heavenly Father have not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall in the ditch, brothers and sisters. Mm. It's amazing how many people we talk to that go to church every Sunday, that when we have these biblical conversations, they don't know what's in the Bible. Now, we are not uh, condemning them. But if you are placing yourself as a pastor over a congregation, it is your job to teach them. And if you don't know, then you should study to show thyself approved, brothers and sisters. They paying their money. They should at least be able to walk out of there with the word of God as it is written in this book. I love our brother Joel Osteen. And God has a role for everyone to play. Our brother is a great orator. He's a great motivational speaker. But if I watch Joel Osteen, I'm not going to leave out of watching his, his, uh, his, his sermon or his, uh, his teaching more educated in this book called the Bible more than I was before I watched the show. I'm going to feel good 
I'm going to feel inspired. I'm going to know that God is good. I'm going to know that he's there for me anytime that I need him. I'm going to know that if you pray that, that he's going to answer it. I'm going to know the things that I already know is going to be confirmed for me. But who is willing to teach the words that are in the book called the Bible? Who's, who's going to take that responsibility of educating hmm. the sheep, brothers and sisters? So as much as you get these motivational speeches, as much as you get told that Jesus is good and, and God saves and, 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 and wait on God and hold on to his, and Jesus, as much as you get told those things, You've got to become educated with what's written in the book, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. And the way God commands his word to be taught is line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. So we teach by subject matter so you can get it a little bit better, brothers and sisters. Now, when you get to the point where you make people feel bad about not celebrating pagan holidays or condemn them for not going to church on Sunday as if Sunday is the day ordained by God, you are guilty of being a false prophet, brothers and sisters. If you are going to compel someone to do what God wants them to do, make sure it comes from the scriptures and not your own mind or what has been what tradition has been passed down, like the washing of hands that we just read in the book of uh, Matthew, the 15th chapter. Let's read a little bit about this. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 4, because there's more than one Jesus, there's more than one gospel, and there's more than one doctrine, and there's more than one spirit. Let's read about it. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and let's go ahead and read. Start at verse 1. Would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, uh-huh. and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with God with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind shall be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Okay. For if we for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus. So see there's a Jesus of this Bible and then there's a Jesus of the world. The Jesus of the world is very different than the Jesus of this Bible. We got a Jesus of Christmas, not the Jesus of this Bible. We got a Jesus of Easter, not the Jesus of this Bible. We got a Jesus of Sunday, not the Jesus of this Bible. And we're not saying that to hurt anyone's feelings, brothers and sisters. We're just saying that based on what we can read in this book called the Bible. For those on YouTube, this is part two of the holier-than-thou Christian. We're in the book of 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. Let's continue reading, or let's start from the top, 2 Corinthians 11 and 4. <clears throat> For if he that come and preaches another Jesus, another Jesus, whom we have not preached, 
if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye may well bear with him. Now let's go down to verse 11 through 13, because see, when you start to teach people things that are not written in this book and put Jesus' name on it, that's another Jesus. Well, I'm celebrating my Jesus' birthday, December the 25th. Where in the Bible does it say that Jesus was born on December the 25th? Well, that's, that's the day that the world acknowledges. Are you going to follow the world or you going to follow God? Because anyone that loves this world and follows this world has enmity with God. So we can't follow the world. We got to follow this book. Let's go ahead and read verses. Uh, let's, let, let's do 13. Verses 13 through uh, 15. Verses 13 through 15. Go ahead. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. See, brothers and sisters, Satan is a trickster. Satan is a trickster, brothers and sisters. His specialty is wrapping evil in a righteous package to give you the appearance that is fun and that is good and that is just for the children and and we're going to put candy and red and bowls and shiny things and that's his trick brothers and sisters to guilt you and to keep celebrating these evil pagan holidays that were meant for other gods knowing that you're breaking one of the first of the ten commandments thou shalt have no other god besides me and you say, well, we're not doing it for this. We're doing it for that. You think God gonna, it's going to matter to him why you're doing it when he told you not to do it at all? Well, we're going to find and read about somebody who did something that God told him not to do, but he thought he was doing it for the good of the people. He thought that he was doing the right thing. Let's go to 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. We have many examples of good people who thought they were doing the right thing in their own eyesight, but was an error in the eyes of God. So let's go ahead and read about King Saul, the first human king of Israel. Well, what do you mean the first human king? Because Jesus was the original king of Israel. And when the people decided they wanted a human king, Jesus was like, you, you want to replace me with a human king? So he gave them, he gave, he gave them Saul. So let's read about Saul. 1 Samuel 15, 1 through 3. Go ahead. Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. 
Thus said the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. So you think that the Lord ain't going to remember what America did to our people and what Europe did to our people and what some of the Muslim nations did to our people? He remembered Amalek and what Amalek did to Israel. Now he's about to tear Amalek up. He's about to tear him up. Listen to the instructions that the Lord gave Saul for Amalek and his people. This is the Lord that you don't know. 1 Samuel 15, 3. Go ahead. My wife, I see you. <laughs> now go and smite Amalek. Go kill Amalek. And utterly destroy all that they have. And spare them not. Who, did he, who do, he, do the Lord wants him to kill? Continue. But slay both man and woman. I want you to kill the man. I want you to kill the woman. Infant and suffering. I want you to kill the children and the babies. Ox and sheep. Camel and ass. I want you to kill everything. everything. Okay? Those are the instructions. We are clear on what the Lord is saying, right? Let's see what Saul decided to do in his own mind, thinking that he was doing a good thing. 1 Samuel 13 through 21. Let's go ahead and read. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. So Saul pumping on his chest. See, Samuel, I've done everything that the Lord told me to do. I went out there and I, and, 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 and I, I, and I killed Amalek and the men and the women and the babies. I, I, I did all that for him, boasting in himself. And what did Samuel say to Saul? Verse 14. And Samuel said, what meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in my ears? And the lowering of oxen, which I hear. Well, wait a minute. I'm hearing animals out there. If you did everything that God told you to do, why am I still hearing animals? He said, I want you to kill Amalek. I want you to kill both men and women, infant, infant and suckling, oxen and sheep. I want you to kill it all. And this man decided to bring back some sheep and some oxen and let's go ahead and continue reading at verse 15 let's see the rationale that Saul tried to put on this the same rationale that we put on celebrating Christmas and celebrating Easter and the things that the Lord told us not to do first Samuel 15 and 15 and Saul said they have brought them from the Amalek the Amalites for the people spare the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Oh, I brought these animals back to sacrifice them for the Lord. He didn't tell you to do that. You're doing what it is you want to do. Because, see, in your eyes, you're doing something good. But your thoughts are not like my thoughts, and your ways are not like my ways. Continue at verse 16. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay. And I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. 
And Samuel said, When thou was little in thy own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go, and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoils, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoils, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and and Gilgal. So here it is, he's still trying to justify what he was doing. Today, we try to justify what we are doing. That makes us a holier-than-thou Christian, brothers and sisters. That makes us a holier-than-thou Christian. Man, Brother Messenger, it is so much in this lesson that I want to cover. Sister Key Israel, I'm going to skip the next part because I was going to deal with the kings and the kingdoms. So we're going to go ahead to Proverbs, and I'm going to skip this part, Brother Messenger. So let's go ahead and go to Proverbs, the 14th chapter. Like Saul, brothers and sisters, many of us think that we're doing the Lord a favor, not understanding that in our own minds we are righteous. This is why we must study and read to make sure that we are not doing what the Lord wants us. Uh, wants us to, that we're doing what the Lord wants us to do and not doing what we want to do. Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So, brothers and sisters, if it's something that you don't understand, ask. If it's something that's being taught that you disagree with, ask. Why did you say this? Why are you teaching this? Why are you teaching that? There may be some more understanding that you could get from it, that you could be shown about it, if you don't just put your guards up, if you don't just block it from any understanding at that point, brothers and sisters. So I'm going to go ahead and jump, Sister Key Israel. Let's go to the father of self-righteousness. This is where it all started from. This is how the holier-than-thou Christian was passed down, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. The book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. Whose spirit do we take on when we become a holier-than-thou Christian? Self-righteous or wrapped up in our own glory. We get so emotional that we allow Satan to use us unbeknownst to ourselves. Keep your emotions in check. This is not personal, brothers and sisters. The Lord didn't make these statues, laws, and commandments based on what your personal situation would be. 
and what your personal relations, uh, uh, relationship would be? The fact that, okay, we're over here in America, we've been in bondage for 400 years, and we just got the right to vote in the 60s under the Civil Rights Movement. The law is the law, brothers and sisters. It applies to you whether you're up or whether you're down, whether you're in captivity or not in captivity. We got, to, rich, oh, poor. Poor. we got to do the best we can, brothers and sisters, to follow this word. Let's deal with the father of self-righteousness, which is the reason how we became or got to become the holier-than-thou Christian. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew, the 16th chapter, 21 through 23. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. Go ahead. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests, scribes, and be killed and be raised again the third day. So now Jesus is starting to reveal what his mission is to his disciples. Hey, I'm going to be captured. They're going to torture me. I'm going to suffer. And then eventually they're going to kill me. And look what Peter said to that. Matthew 16 and 22. Then Peter took him. And began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. You think I'm a, you talking crazy, Jesus. What's your, what's your problem? I'm Peter. I've been rolling with you all this. You think I'm going to let, just let somebody come up and grab you and do all these things to you that you're talking about? Come on, man. You must be out of your mind, Jesus. I'm your boy. I'm your homie. You think I'm going to let somebody do that to you? And look at what Jesus said to Peter. Matthew 16 and 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Wait a minute. What, who, what did he call Peter? Satan. He called Peter Satan. Showing you how Satan could use you out of your love for someone that you have. Out of your emotional state of mind. Thinking that you're doing the right thing. Peter thought that he was doing the right thing and saying the right thing. But Satan was using him all along. Continue. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savors not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So why does he say you're saving the things uh, that be of men rather than the things that be of God? Because naturally, in your mind, as a man, you're going to want to defend me. But I told you who I was, and you know what I have come to do. So you're going to stop them from from doing what I came into the world to do? I'm trying to free the world of sin. I have to die in order to do those things. So you're going to prevent my death to prevent me from cleansing the world of sin. Mm. Who wants to prevent Jesus from cleansing the world of sin. It's Satan, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, the 14th chapter. We get two more places to go, brothers and sisters. Isaiah, the 14th chapter. We are releasing a truth hour book, brothers and sisters. A truth hour book. And all of these lessons will be in the book. Some of the things that are in the lessons that I have not been able to share because of time, You will get this in the book. 
and this is a book that you will be able to pass down to future generations. So I don't want you to think that what we did not cover today, you won't be able to get. You'll be able to get those things too. Isaiah, the 14th chapter, 12 through 14. Now, Satan was the first with the self-righteous spirit. He is the father of it. When we become self-righteous, like Peter, we take on the spirit of shaitan or Satan. Isaiah 14, 12 through 14. Go ahead. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did is weaken the nation? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Excuse me. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee. And consider these saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms? So that goes to show you that those who are in the lake of fire, you will be able to look over and see who's in there. And they will be able to see you, brothers and sisters. But they won't be able to come to you because there's going to be a great gulf that separates the two. Go ahead, brother. Let let, let, let me... Let me read some again. Mm-hmm. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth tremble, that did shake kingdoms? People, Satan here was called a man. Mm-hmm. So understand that there are no horns, there's no tails, there's no red uh, pitchfork. These are people that look just like you and I. Mm-hmm. That are with the spirit of Satan upon them. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand, just as God uses his people, Satan uses other people his demon- with demonic spirits. And you got to call them what they are. Mm-hmm. And you got to say, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. And if they flee, then you automatically know who they were. And you got to understand, too, at this time, brothers and sisters, we will be God. Again, this time we will be God because we will be in our spirit body. So we, as God, looking down on Satan, saying, is this the man? So I want you guys to do something. I want you to take this title right here, and say it to yourself. Don't say it out loud. I want you to take this title, I hope y'all can see it, and say it to yourself. Don't say it out loud. Say it to yourself. Okay? Now, I want to read something back to you. You heard yourself say it in your mind. Okay? Whatever voice that was, You heard it, right? Right here it says, For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven 
and will exalt my throne above the stars of God. This, brothers and sisters, is what the Bible calls the heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you just said the title that was on the paper. Hmm. You heard yourself in your own mind. They say it's backwards. <laughs> you heard yourself in your own mind say those words. How many times in your own mind had you said to yourself things that was condemning other people, but you didn't say it out loud? Okay, uh, they say they didn't see it. Just look at the word behind me, P-O-E-T. Just say that word to yourself in your own mind. The point that I'm making is, is that when it said that Satan said in his heart, I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars, he was judged by that. How many times have we condemned people in our own minds? Although we didn't say it out loud so that they can hear it. But we had these petty little thoughts. We looked at somebody, or they think they all that. We ain't said it out loud, but we said it here. And we heard it in our own mind. So we got to be careful not only as to what we say out loud, but what we say to ourselves. Let's go ahead and close this thing out, Brother, Mes- <clears throat> Brother Messenger. Uh, Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter. And this one is a little bit longer, but I felt like all of these were conducive to what we're teaching today. The holier-than-thou Christian. Philippians, the third chapter. Now, we must continue this walk until the end. It's going to be hard. The more we learn, the more we grow, the more Satan will come to attack us. The race is not to the swift, but is to he who endures to the end. Philippians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 14. Go ahead, my brother. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of concision. Concision. For we are the circumcision. In other words, we are natural Israelites. We are descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, for we are the circumcision. Go ahead. For we are the circumcisions which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Why we don't have no confidence in the flesh? Because everything about it is negative and not good and evil, brothers and sisters. This right here is what's containing our spirit. And when we look at this body, brothers and sisters, real freedom don't come until the body is no more. We were taught to fear death. We were taught that, oh, man, the the death, you can't be free until you die, brothers and sisters, because you can't be given the spiritual body 
that the Lord has prepared for us until you take off this physical flesh and blood body. That's why we have no confidence in the flesh. It's limited. Verse 4. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinking that he have whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew, of the Hebrews as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. So Paul had did all these things. He even helped to kill followers of Christ at one point until Jesus had to come in himself, blind them on the road to Damascus, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And then he said, Paul, why are thou persecuting me? And he ended up turning a sinner, turning someone who nobody thought could be turned around to do a work for him. And we're saying this to you. Nobody would ever think that God would use a person like you to turn you around from doing some of the things that you have done in your past, some things that people are aware of and some things that they have no idea about some of the things that you have done. But the same way he turned Paul, the same way he could turn you, now is the time, brothers and sisters. What better person than God can use other than you? Go ahead, finish reading. Let's go to verse 9 for sake of time. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteous which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto resurrection of the death, of the dead, not as though I have already attained. I ain't already been saved. I'm still working towards salvation. Hmm. It says I got to do this until death or the resurrection of the dead. So I know the church taught you that you were saved already. I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Catch phrases, brothers and sisters. Because you could be saved, well, I'm not going to use the term saved, you could be transformed today, but you could slide back into that old life tomorrow. So you got to walk this walk all the way into death or until Jesus comes. Verse 12. Not as, thou, I, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. See, the devil wants to keep reminding you of Mm. how you used to be, and the things that you used to do. And the devil will even work through the people who are closest to you like, oh, you ain't fooling me. I, 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 I know you. No, you know the old me. You know the me that I let die so that the new me could live. And even you 
Stop dwelling on the things in your past that have you captivated where you can't grow. You got to let those things go. You got to forgive some people. Mm. You got to look towards tomorrow because God has an assignment for you to do, and you got this ball and this chain of hurt holding you back where you can't even serve God because you're too busy stuck on not only people in your past but things in your past. Let's go ahead and finish this out, Brother Messenger. I press toward the mark for the prize of a high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press towards the mark, brothers and sisters. Mm. So, for my Israelite brothers and sisters, for my Christian brothers and sisters, let's work on ourselves and not condemn others for the things that they are finding fault at so that we may not be guilty of being a holier-than-thou Christian. Last word, Brother Messenger. My final words are these. No matter what we are going through in this life, no matter what we are confronted with in this life, we each have a role to play. And myself, looking at him and everything that he's doing and negating the things that I'm doing, that leaves me vulnerable to Satan more than him. Mm-hmm. Because while I'm focusing on him, God could be changing him. Mm-hmm. But as long as my mind is focusing on his sins and not my own, my salvation is at risk. So what I'm telling you is don't worry about the homosexual that's in your family. Don't worry about the liar that's in your family. Don't worry about the disobedient children that are in your family. Don't worry about the people. Worry about how you're going to react to those people. Worry about what you're going to think and say about those people. Because our job is to love them in spite of Mm. and let God work that situation out in their lives. You can't claim to be a follower of Christ. Because in Matthew 5, 44, it said, bless those that curse you. Mm -hmm. Do good to those. Uh, I, I can pull that scripture up, Matthew five forty four. I want to make sure I quote it exactly the way it's written. Mm-hmm. And this will be my final word. It says, "But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use." And persecute you. Now we all know we got every manner of person in our lives at some point that fit the description. But when God says you have to do just the opposite. You have to do what? What the mind of Christ would do. And not what your own flesh and blood would do. And that's my final word. Okay brothers and sisters. Next week's lesson is... The White Man's Bible. Next week's lesson. The White Man's Bible. Next week's lesson, brothers and sisters. We want you to tune in for that. We're going to prove to you on this show that this Bible that we read is not only inspired by God, brothers and sisters, but it is indeed fact and truth. 
We're going to show you that, and we're going to prove that for those who say that this is the white man's Bible. So everybody that has said that, we want you to get them to listen to this show, and we're going to give them the things that that's true about what they say. And oh, for, this, for this particular lesson, I got a caveat. I ain't going to let it out. For li- but listen, for those who are out there, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV, and for those on YouTube, like our Facebook page, the Truth Hour Bible Show page, all right? YouTube, peace and blessings. Now, for those who are out there, please tune in. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. It's not going to be next week. It's going to be the week after next. Truth Hour won't air next week, but we will be on the week after next with that lesson. So y'all got plenty of time to market and help us promote. At this time, we're going to go ahead and pray us out. Sisters, if you have a head covering, please put it on now. Brothers, if you have a hat on, please take it off as we turn and face the east. And thank God for this lesson for tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to say thank you. Father God, we want to thank you because we are two or more gathered in your name. Your word said there you are in the midst. Father God, we thank you, Father God, that we got understanding, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that those who have an ear heard the word, Father God, as it was written. We pray, Father God, that they were edified and that you were glorified. Bless us, Father God, as we depart from this place but not from your presence. Keep us safe, Father God, as we journey to whatever destination we may go. In your mighty Son, Jesus' name, we thank you as we say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. We thank you for your time, YouTube. We're going to ask you again to please share this video and um, continue to like our page. Please like, like this channel. Like this Facebook group page and continue to invite other people to like the page also as well. And if you're interested in being a part of our Team Truth Hour, then reach out to um, Sister Key Israel and um, your responsibilities would be to help us share, help us invite, and um, even sometimes helping us to develop the lessons that we teach on Tuesdays. So with that being said, brothers and sisters, peace and blessings. Peace. In Jesus' name. Right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.